Just a warm reminder: this episode contains content about medical help over mental health disorders. Take this as a reference, but not your definite solution. Check everything with your own GP for further information, because they always know the best of you. You're listening from the Wolf Towers. I'm your host Jasmine. What can you do in 166 weeks? Or I can do the calculation for you: three years and two months. Maybe get two master degrees in Hong Kong, a year for a short one, then another two years for the longer one. Or if you're fancy about architecture, like buildings. You can build three One FC, the first international financial center in Hong Kong, and yeah, you already get three-year count of red packets or lights in Canton during the annual Lunar New Year. And for mental health patients in Hong Kong, they have to wait for three years and two months so as to seek help from the public psychiatric services. And a side note: it's the lengthiest waiting time among all medical specialties in Hong Kong medical system. And this is our twelfth week. We've covered stories from the perspective of the mental health patients, or even a mother. The rollercoaster ride to being bipolar, mental health supporting services at unis, or even the grieving processes which everyone has to overcome somehow in our lives. On this episode, we're trying to switch the table to medical professions. We're chatting with Henry Wong, a fourth-year medical student from the University of Hong Kong, not just to debunk what mental health means in the Western medical side, but also possible treatments. First and foremost, I think we have to stress.、Uh, we have always trying to spread this message out that mental illness is just like any other diseases, like cancer, like heart diseases. There is an underlying pathological causes. It is not just about something in your mind, something intangible, or something that is about the things that is happening around yourself. Some biochemical causes underlying the diseases. There are research done when we examine the brains of those depression patients who have committed suicide. There is a chemical we often talk about that is serotonin. Postmortem finding will show that there are markedly reduction as compared to normal people. Or、uh, we want people to know that mental illnesses, just like any other diseases, somehow、uh, these patients cannot control their mind. A lot of people would say something to th- those mental illness patients that try to be happier and try to change your mind, but you never hear people tell a cancer patient try to cure your cancer yourself. From a Western medicine perspective, that it is just like any other illness. It requires treatment. It requires、um, a cooperation between the doctor and the patient, and it certainly demands more attention from society to see how we can help these patients. I've been taking antidepressants over a year now. I had a lot of concerns about taking drugs at first. For example, that、um, I would gain weight, or people would associate having drugs to that you're really crazy. How do you think about in society the norm of connecting drugs to all sorts of negative effects that actually create a barrier for patients to seek support? When we treat cancer, we use chemotherapy, and chemotherapy is maybe one of the types of drugs that have the worst side effect in this world. But 
you don't see people saying that you uh, cancer patients should not take chemotherapy because of these side effects. Because when we use a drug and we or when we do any kind of treatment, it is a matter of weighting the pros and cons. So of course there are side effects. None of these drugs are perfect. It is not limited to like drug use in mental illness. I understand that that is the reason why some people would not like to take this medication, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me that you will be willing to take a chemotherapy for cancer but you don't take medication for mental diseases just because of the side effect. When people start to understand that mental illness is a disease just like any other, they will understand that the side effects of this medication is a cost that you may have to pay because you have a better benefit taking these medications. Apart from drugs, are there any supporting services that you think that will be beneficial to mental health patients? That is why basically treating a mental illness is a multidisciplinary effort, especially psychiatrists. When the patients are referred to psychiatrists, usually they have a slightly more prominent illness that warrant pharmacological intervention. For the patients that are with milder symptoms, we suggest psychotherapy, which would be conducted mostly by like clinical psychologists and so on. They are specialists in doing these kind of psychotherapy, which help the patient change the way of their thinking. Maybe somehow patients, they're claustrophobic, then there are greater exposure activity to say that the patient will be put in some closed environment. But at first, it would not be a very small closed environment because the patient would go into panic attack and he cannot breathe. And we may have kill the patient in the worst case scenarios. So that's not what we do, but uh, in greater exposure activity as a form of psychotherapy, we put them in a closed area, but a rather large closed area and give some time for the patient to get adapted to this area. And then after he is mentally prepared, then we give him another room that is smaller inside and gradually, gradually smaller and smaller. And this is what we meant by greater exposure. This is a good example of what we meant by psychotherapy or behavioral therapy, that we do not need to use medications to treat the disease. I'm not a big fan of Hollywood movies, but I know that there's some sort of way to treat mental health illness is by electrifying people. I mean, society depicts electrifying somebody is a very scary treatment. Does it really necessary for one to resort to that way? That's why psychiatry, just like any other uh, medical specialty, it is a forever evolving field. I personally would think that compared to some other medical specialty field like the traditional medicine, internal medicine, surgery and so on, psychiatry is a relatively underdeveloped field in medicine. A lot of that have to be associated with the stigmatization and mental illness. The belief that mental illness is not just like any other disease. And this kind of belief have impeded and hindered the development of psychiatry. This is a field that demands more attention and demands more research to be done. Of course, not every patient requires the most, what we call the aggressive form of treatment. What we want people to understand is not to so-called demonize the treatment that we offer to mental illness patients. Because when, if someone tells you that this doctor wants to use electricity to stimulate the brain in order to treat a mental illness, a lot of people will think that it's crazy. It's like sci-fi. They have negative impression because it's treating mental illness. But if I tell you that uh, there is a lot of people nowadays have pacemaker. 
from every kind of cardiac disease. No people would think that that is something very crazy, that is something that is immoral to do because uh, people think that cardiac disease is, is a normal disease and it's okay, even if you use some method that sounds weird to treat them. In your knowledge from the medical school, so if you encounter a patient that to you that kill themselves, then what sort of procedures that doctors usually have to do? For every psychiatric patient presented to us, what we learn is that first we have to assess two things. Number one is the suicidal risk, and number two is the risk that patient is imposing on the other people. It is mainly what we call history taking, uh, asking the patient question. Uh, psychiatry is different from other specialty in ways that you do not have a lot of laboratory investigation to do to know that how suicidal the patient is. So it relies a lot on the interviewing skills of the doctor. Sorry to interrupt. Is this a standardized test for every doctor to have this sort of assessment when it comes to the patient? I recall my memory when I was in Melbourne, I actually being given a survey on like grading about my severity of mental health. So is this also the same case in Hong Kong? I mean, it's not really a very standardized list of questions over the whole world, but there are also some standardized things. A lot of people would criticize psychiatry because they think it's not very scientific. They think the doctor just think you are depressed and they call you depression. But, but the scientific part of both psychiatry is that in diagnosis of psychiatric illnesses, there is a very important book that is the DSM-5 uh, manual. So uh, the DSM-5 is basically a set of what we call a diagnostic criteria. So basically you have to fulfill those kind of criteria before we officially diagnose you with some kind of illness. So, and those are standardized criteria across the whole world. How we ask the question, they may be different. Then how about after the assessment? Let's say he or she cannot pass tests, and what will the doctors do? I know you have been through this and the most important thing as a doctor is to ensure the patient is safe physically. We don't let the patient die. It's something very, very controversial. Uh, what I'm talking about is restraint and compulsory admission. I know a lot of people are against those things, but the rationale behind those is because we believe that the patient at that time, they are being controlled by the illness. In ethics of medicine, what we talk about a lot is the ability of the patients to make decisions and make judgment themselves. Like, we don't let an eight-year-old girl to decide whether she is going to have a surgery or not. And because she is, at that time, she is not competent in making a, a good logical decision by herself. So that's why we need the parents and we need the doctor to help decide what is the best for her. We believe the patient at that time, the so-called free will of the patient is, is no longer free because it's controlled by the diseases. Let's move on to another question. Over the course when I was chatting with other interviewees, the common complaint was that doctors would normally overlook the mental health, obviously because they don't have a lot of time during a consultation. So now you've been in the medical field at least four years. What do you think about Hong Kong's health system in mental health support? There are not enough doctors in the public sector in Hong Kong. Like 90% or more of the patients in Hong Kong, they are going to the public hospital as not the private hospital. But the doctor ratio is not 90% in the public sector. Maybe like 50 patients queuing outside the clinic and waiting for the doctors to see them in one afternoon. So the doctor have no choice but to see every patient for just like three minutes. Otherwise, they would not be able to see all the patients. I've seen some very good cases. That was when I was attached to family medicine. That was a teaching session. The doctor can spend uh, half an hour to see that one patient. In those sessions that I attached to him, the doctors take care of the mental health and take care of the psychosocial aspect of the patient a lot. 
in government hospital are not of people are not seeing the family medicine doctor are not in the teaching session if every doctor are allowed 30 minutes to see a patient i believe a lot of doctors would be willing to spend at least some time to care about the mental health you remind me of my experience when i was being referred to the hospital in queen mary hospital that i got the referral letter to the psychiatric ward then I handed in to the nurse and told her that oh, I wanted to kill myself, can I arrange to see a doctor? And then you have to go to another clinic and queue for two weeks for a psychiatric doctor. And I told her, I, I want to kill myself. How could I wait for two weeks? I think that's really what our healthcare system operates in Hong Kong. And my last question is, recently there's a patient kill themselves in the medical ward. This is not something new because uh, over the years we could see a lot of patients ended their lives in the wards. Even they confess they have some suicidal tendency. So in this respect, how do you think the medical system can be improved? I know which news you are talking about. That definitely have something to do with the fact that we do not have enough personnel in the hospital to really closely monitor each of these highly risky patients 24 hours a day, every second, every minute. That patient, I believe, he was also classified as having very high suicidal risk. He is supposed to be under a protocol of close monitoring. Somehow he just got to have some time being alone, unmonitored, and then he completed suicidal attack. That shouldn't happen to be honest uh, we know that he is highly risky and we should have someone looking at him every single seconds but we know that is not possible likely because the nurses the doctor they have a lot of other things to commit to in the public hospital what do you think the authority should improve in in this respect the reason why i so long before I can answer your question. It's a very easy question to answer, but at the same time, it's a very difficult question to answer because the answer is simple. You just get more people to work in the hospital, get more nurses, get more doctors so that their workload is less, so that they have more time to spend for each patient. That easy answer is not that easy. We cannot somehow just make 10,000 nurses from mid-air. Let's be honest that our public health care system is already overloading severely. Like, I believe we are the number one in the world in terms of the ratio between a doctor to patient. So this is a long-standing problem. We did not cause, the cause this problem in one day or in one year. It is not easy for us to give a solution in like a year of time or in a few years time. So it takes time for us to change the system. It, and it has to start with the recognition and the understanding of this problem that we have now and how severe the, this problem has now. If you have been affected by anything we talked about, please call the Samaritans at 2896 That's a Hong Kong number. And you can also go to their website at samaritans.org or just talk to your friends and family and your doctor as well. Trust me. They're always there for you. From the Wallflowers is a weekly podcast about Hong Kong-based mental health stories produced by myself, Jasmine Lowe. And big thanks to Henry. All the best to your lightning exam two years later. Toodles!